everybody back to the Pit Shack Podcast. This week's episode is presented by Auto Express in Joplin, Missouri at 1112 North Rangeline Road. Go see them for any automotive needs that you have. Um, Rob Burris is the guy you're going to need to talk to. He's a big supporter of local racing uh, far and wide. His reach spreads to all the way to Justin Allgaier to who we're here sitting with today, Jackie Dalton in Carthage, Missouri, driver of the number 21 Hoffman B-Mod and now a cash money late model. Jackie, we appreciate you catching up with us during the week and um, staying friends with with us since we race together and every week now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes that's hard to yeah, do it's gonna get tough after it gets tough racing with your friends but thank you for having us down here and uh we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll just get started here i got the the very basic question right off the bat that everybody wants to know is where is your number come from because um, my number comes now from uh it takes me and my dad both to make my car tick so he was 33, I was 33. That's why I'm 66. Oh. So some people think it's because of Bill Fry, and that probably has a big part to do with it too because Bill Fry is my hero. But that's where I'm at. Uh, I deemed 33 bad luck when I flipped in 07 in the front-wheel drive car. So that's probably the backbone to it. So we put the two 33s together. Since Dad and I work on it, here I am, 66 today. So what's, uh, what's your call on 21? Well, I, I bought my first... Uh, race car when I was 21 and the car that I actually bought was already number 21 mm-hmm. and uh, I've always liked Billy Moyer, Billy Moyer Sr. Yep. I, you know I don't really watch Billy Moyer Jr. that much but when I was growing up Billy Moyer Sr.'s I just loved watching him at Monette that's where we went all the time with my dad when he was racing so that's where my 21 come from. Okay and whenever uh, like whenever you got that first car what was it that you got into? And why did you buy your first car? It That's was a piece of junk. Question. That's what it was. <laughs> it wasn't nothing special. Uh, it. I don't even remember what kind of car it was. When I bought it, it was turnkey, motor and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I paid $1,200 for it. It was a bomber. And we went to Joplin. And, you know, your first race, your, your nerves are just crazy. And uh, I backed out to go pack the track. And something fell off on the right front, like the the upper A-arm bolt come off or something like that. And uh, got that fixed, and I don't remember where I finished in the heat race. And then in the feature, uh, I pulled up there to get in line, and I'm sitting there waiting, and the car dies. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what happened, so I started it back up. It started, and they waved us out on the track while I took off. Well, coming down the back stretch, it died again. And it wouldn't start. I forgot to put gas in it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so my first race, I didn't even really get a race of feature because I ran out of gas. <laughs> but, you know, heck, you don't think about that when your oh, yeah. bolts are falling off of it and everything. You're already but, so nervous. Yeah, the rest, yeah. The gas part doesn't make any sense because you're so nervous. When I was sitting in lineup for my very first race ever, I was looking around like, why? Why? What am I doing to myself? This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I was so nervous. <laughs> if somebody could have talked to me, I wouldn't have heard him. I was shaking. Yeah, was and my, <laughs> my shield, you know, I didn't have a real nice helmet. I had taped a shield onto my helmet. <laughs> so it fogged up on me when yeah. you're just sitting there. But as soon as you take off, it clears up. Yeah. But, yeah, that first first night was not good. Not good. Do you have problems racing now? Do you wear your glasses when you race? 
I, I actually just started wearing my glasses this year. Do you have any problems with your glasses and shield fogging up? Well, it's uh, there's a trick to that. Yeah, it's, I got to leave mine cracked. Uh, I tried the anti-fog and all that stuff, and I can't get it to work. So I leave my shield cracked. The whole time? Yep. Yeah. It's um, huh. like, I mean, hardly. You know, uh, you wear a bell helmet or Simpson? Simpson. Like the very first click where it's just barely cracked. That's what I have to do to keep mine from getting fogged up. Or you can put a nasal thing on, but it gets it gets hot. Well, mine don't fog up when I'm racing. Mine fogs up when I'm just sitting there. Maybe I'm a little fatter than you. But then I'm breathing you know, heavier. I don't know. I've put on a few pounds. <laughs> I'm breathing a little here heavier lately. Than you are. But yeah, I always got to leave my stuff cracked. But to get back, uh, how long did you race the body car at Joplin? I raced it. I raced maybe a half a season, maybe, mm-hmm. and then the next year, uh, probably another another half a year, and then I wrecked it and totaled it. Coming out of turn two at uh, Noah's turn four at Joplin, uh, my right tie rod end broke, mm-hmm. and I went straight and hit the wall head on. So that finished the body car off? Oh, yeah. The frame was higher than the motor. <laughs> it was sticking way up there. Did you think that was it? No more racing, or was you already on to the next project? No. Uh, I didn't really think I would race for a while anyway. Yeah. I mean, after you total one, you don't really think about spending the money to jump mm-hmm. back into it and stuff and my brother had a limited late model i just started helping him and then uh he got to working a lot and and i would get it ready for him during the week and then we'd go racing and then it got to where he couldn't even go race and one time he just called me and he said why don't you go race it i'm like okay <laughs> you know i didn't know nothing yeah you know, I, I wasn't any good by any means at that point. And uh, I don't even remember what happened. I think the bolt broke. It was a leaf spring limited late model. I think the bolt broke that holds the leaf spring in. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't even finish. I don't even remember how the heat race or anything went. But I did race a mechanics race in that car and uh, won the mechanics race with mm-hmm. it. That make you want to go? Late model racing when you won a mechanics race? Well, it wasn't really a late model. Or sportsman back then. Yeah, was what it, they, was, yeah. it was limited, late, limited sport, late model is what it yeah. was. And uh, I think uh, my brother just asked me if I wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. Not too long after I won the mechanics race. So, yeah, I bought that and uh, raced at Joplin. But the, they kind of quit the limited late model class. So then I was having to race with the, the actual That's late models. Good. But... Then, it, you know, the late models was dying out then, too, even then. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to Nevada and raced Nevada for a couple years. and But it's a learning curve. You know, heck, I didn't really know. We blew, I don't know how many rear ends. My wife will tell you the story. She'll be cheering for me, and I'm doing really good. And then car starts smoking, and I pull off the <laughs> racetrack. I have like six weeks in a row. Because we was putting the wrong rear end grease in when we would change the gear. I see two light of grease or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it cost you two hundred bucks every time you did it yeah. too. We may or may not have forgot to put the drain plug in JC's car one time, and he made like three laps, and it just murdered a gear. I mean, just killed it. It I've, looked awesome when it was blowing up, though. That uh, <laughs> little screw in the back of the quick change, mm-hmm. I always forget to tighten it. The sight plug screw. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know how many of them things I've lost. I've got four or five extras if anybody ever needs <laughs> Jesse, one I carry them. Jesse told us about that at his house, didn't he? He said uh, either tap it and put a bolt in it or keep an eye on it every week because he's had sight plugs fall out and burn your end up. So, 
Yeah, he just talked about that. But so you get you race the late model for a couple of years. You go to Nevada. When did the modified stuff come about? Because when I started noticing you, you got a poster on the wall here, and you got a, um, a door. It was uh, I think we said that was 05, right? This door hanging somewhere up here around the wall. There, 05. Yeah. That's when yeah. I really started noticing you. But how long were you in a modified before 2005? Uh, I think I bought my first modified in '99. '99. When did Jerry start building cars? Then. I think, yeah, 98 or 9, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it might have been, been 97. Okay, and that, that goes off into a whole other question. How how did you, you met Jerry at Joplin, I'm sure, because he was, that's where he raced at quite a bit. Yeah. How did there, did you buy a car new from him back then, or was it a used car? Uh, well, the first car I bought from him, I just bought the chassis. Okay, this is simple. And then I took own. everything off of my car and put it okay. on his. How did that relationship get started with him? I mean, because I'm... Back in the day, he was a straight wild man. He settled out, settled down quite a bit. So I'm sure he was harder to get a hold of back then than he is now. You know, I don't really know how the heck I met Jerry, to be honest with you. I mean, just probably just at the racetrack, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember. I know he started in 99, and I, I bought a Dirt Works from. I bought it turnkey for $3,500. God dang. <laughs> yeah. It's long gone. Yeah. There's no such thing. It had thing. 355 in it. It was on alcohol. Uh, I cannot remember his name. Guy in the Osho. His son raced too. But anyway, uh, I bought it, raced it uh, for, once again, about a half a season. And uh, I started working at um, American Made over in Joplin in the winter. It was slow at Schreiber's, so they was asking people to take layoff. Well, I took layoff and went and worked somewhere where I like to work. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot there at American Made, how to do bodies and stuff. And I probably raced that car another year maybe before somehow we got hooked up with Jerry and, and bought a chassis from him. I, I think I was one of Jerry's first customers, really, yeah. to be honest with you. Um and I don't know how many cars I've bought from him since then. You I've bought left, a lot. You haven't left Jerry since then, have you? You've always no, been in his stuff? Jerry's just like 20 minutes away. Yeah. So the convenience is a lot. you got to put up with him, but <laughs> everybody does. Yeah. But convenience is a lot. And Jerry's been really good to me. You know, every time I need something, you know, even if it's, you know, I can call him on a Sunday mm-hmm. and, and he'll go out in the shop and get whatever I need for me. I've uh, been really good about that. Skills my car for me whenever I need it. Uh, went and raced Humboldt last year on for King of America on Thursday, and I was terrible, terrible. And I called him Friday. I said, Jerry, we got to do something. This mm-hmm. car is terrible. He said, bring it over. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And I took it over there Friday and scaled it and went back Friday night and was way better. Yeah. There's been several times that I've been in a bad spot, wrecked something, need parts, whatever. It's don't worry about the money. Just get it done. Yeah, yeah. He lets me charge, you know. And uh, the main thing, I think a lot of people will know this, is the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. time you call, hey, yep. I need this. All right, I'll set it out by the tree. Yep, that's, I, I did that <laughs> so, Sunday. So everybody knows the tree. So where do you mean to put this rear end at? Out by the tree. Got to go. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing every time. So uh, you got rolling here. 05 is the door hanging on the wall here. And like I said, that's when I started. That That's when this stuff became my life. And uh, we talked about it before we got started. You won, you said 12 in a row, 13 in a row, something, something like, like that. that. Something like that. And you said there was a bounty. Explain a little bit about the bounty that got started in the stands. Well, Jerry come up to me one night, and uh, I'd won, I don't know, 
maybe 10 in a row. And he said, hey, the, some guy up in the stands wants to put a $50 bounty on you to uh, see if anybody can outrun you. And uh, I said, Jerry, I don't know if that's a good idea because, you know, people start running over you. Right. He goes, no, 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 that, that, that won't happen. Let's just try it. So we tried it the next week, and I won again. So I got the $50. Which is the way a bounty should work. Should work, yeah. Not today. Yeah, yeah. It's backwards today. If it's $200 bounty, then you get 25 if you win. <laughs> and it goes back in the pot. You haven't seen that kind of stuff? No, no. Yeah, I haven't won that many. Some of these bounties, <laughs> I've been seeing that. Let's say, like, uh, I don't know, Joe comes in and outruns you. He gets 200 bucks, But if you win, you don't get the 200 which is how the bounty should work. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened uh, last year or something. Like Nevada or something crazy. It was I did that. So... But anyways, go, <laughs> go on. Nevada is kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so they doubled the bounty. I don't know where the money come from, but the next week they doubled it to 100 And uh, I won again, so I got an extra 100 And then the next week they doubled it again. Mm-hmm. So then it was 200 And uh, you said his name earlier. Right? Chad Wheeler. Chad Wheeler. And uh, it brought in quite a few. I th- you know, Jerry hadn't owned the track that long. I think he was... He was learning a lot there the first month before he kind of put it out there that he was owning it. And so uh, there quite a few people showed up. Jesse showed up. I remember that. And it was a good race. I, I got to second, and I thought I was going to win. And right when I got to second, they had a caution. Mm-hmm. So And so I was really in third, and back then Springfield was all on the bottom. Yeah. So I got stuck on the outside. By the time I got back down to the bottom, me and Jesse was having a heck of a battle for third, and I ended up third. Yeah. So it's crazy the progression Springfield's taken. If you were to see pictures from back in the day to now, oh it's yeah, way, yeah. way, yeah. way different. And back in the day, like you said, the A mod features were pretty much decided on the first couple laps. It'd be latched up around the bottom or whatever, and Jerry's bowled that thing up. And now it's pretty racy now. Yeah, Jerry does a good job. He tries. I mean, me and him got into it one night over him pushing the tires out and it was a bad deal but i mean he he doesn't want it one lane on the bottom no and no one no one does but sometimes whenever you're running the bottom and you get a yellow and you're watching him on the four-wheeler and he's kind of got a grin (laughs) and he's pushing the tires out you know what he's doing god you just want to clip him but (laughs) yeah but that night that chad won that was at the like i said i was getting into it and you won all those races in a row so you may as well have been the king king of the country when Chad came in and won, I don't know what happened. Our hero got our hero got outran, but he had T-shirts that made it all better. He gave me a T-shirt and let me look at his trailer, <laughs> so it was all right. I mean, you went back to doing your thing shortly after that, but or probably the next week, I'm sure. Yeah, that year there, we just we could not go wrong. I mean, we we had a rock hit our oil pan or hit the uh, oil filter, started in the back. We'd still win. Uh, we changed the oil at the track one night and lost the plug for the oil pan and somebody <laughs> ended up having a plug yeah i mean what's the chances of that screwed it right in and um i remember mike watson coming over rubbing on me he's like you need to give me some of that good luck you got because i mean it it we just couldn't do nothing wrong and that was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun a lot mm-hmm. of fun yeah things were so much different for because there was only one class of, well mike watson he ran b mods i don't even think b mods were started then mike watson yeah rubbing, rubbing you for so. looks crazy because he was smoking everybody back then yeah, yeah. they mod class is so different back then because there was one class it was 
I'd say back then people said it was expensive, but it wasn't expensive in hindsight. And that's one of the things that is always interesting to talk to you about whether we agree with you or not. You always spring up economics whenever we talk. And there's a couple of years ago you wanted to kind of come up with a mesh where we combined A mods and B mods because car counts were kind of hurting. And I want, I mean, that's what me and Austin talked about whenever we, your name got brought up is where, what's your stance on where we're at now in modified racing, never mind the late model? Because obviously you're in the late model because it, it makes sense. You can race a late model for, for the money with the class that you're going to be in. But the B mods and A mods kind of know the A mod. I know where you stand on the A mod, but where are you at in modified racing in general? And what would you do if, if, some, if you're king for a day, what would you do to fix that? I just hope it's not too late to fix is the is the real problem. Uh, I think car counts are dropping not just at one track, but a lot of tracks mm -hmm. the car counts are dropping. And we could definitely fix it. It's just somebody has to step up and, and fix it. I mean, our shocks are way out of control. Um, our tires are too soft. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's to me – I've said this for a few years. I don't think we need uh, three modified classes anymore at one time. That was that was the way to go, but it's it's slowly going back. I wish you would listen to me five, ten years yep. ago, whenever it was that I said we needed to combine the the A's and the B's and just pay more in the B mod. It would benefit everybody. But and my argument to you for that is, wouldn't you said, would you rather get sixth and get more money than finishing third? And making less money in split classes. That's what that was what you were saying whenever we talked. Because you're wanting to combine classes, raising money, you get paid more for sixth. And in racer mentality, I said, No, I want to run third. I don't want to get outran by the A mod guys and run sixth for more money. I don't care about that. And then there's people like you, you wanna you wanna do you wanna run third, but if you get sixth, you want your money as well. I get what you were saying, but at that time I'd I'd rather run third if if I'm gonna I mean, for one way or the other. And you would rather get paid if you did bad. And I get both sides of it. But from my standpoint, I just want to do good. I don't want to go out there with. But did with, you want to go broke running third? Go broke anyways. We're racing. No, no. <laughs> See, that's that's. I, I'm not like that. I'm not. I'm not racing to go broke. Yeah, I'm not racing to go broke either. But I'm not. I, I'm. I get it too. Because at any given time, I mean, on the way to the racetrack, you could ruin your car. You could drop it off a trailer and tear it to pieces. It's just the, the product of what's going to happen. So. If I go out, I know the risk, I know the reward, and I go out and run third, that's great. I don't want to – if I'm going to come back to, let's say, my work friends or whatever, and I say, I ran six, but I made a lot of money, and they're going to say, oh, six. But yeah, but third, third, I mean, third, third, third yeah, ain't sound, any, second ain't any better just, than six. I mean, You're that's the first loser is what everybody said. I'd feel much – I mean, I don't want to race with the premier guys just because I know I'm going to make more money and not stand a chance to win. I want to be with the people that I'm involved with and my skill level people and – and race for my money that I know is there when I get there. It's not the money's not going to hinder me from showing up. Okay, so now, since you're the man in B mod, <laughs> don't you wish uh, yeah, we I mean, would have combined them and added more money back then? Uh, since you've won a hundred features now or so, more money. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, that's that's good. But I understand the risk and the reward. I, I get what you're saying totally. Of course, I would want more money, but I know what I'm getting into when I get there. I'm just, you know, I look at it different. I try and race. Not really the cheapest I can because, you know, I try and keep my cars looking nice. And, you know, so you have to kind of spend money to do that. But that's for sponsors. But, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not going to go knowing I'm going to lose money. Yeah. I mean, that's just not me. I got two kids. 
uh, you know, plan on retiring before 85. <laughs> so that's just, that's just what you got to think about. So, you know, um, like last year at the, when the turkey race come around, we didn't have very good tires on the rear. Mm-hmm. And dad said, do you think we should go buy new tires? I said, no. Not for one race. No, one yeah. race. And I'll be dang if we didn't end up winning it, but yeah. we, I didn't think we would have. But, yeah. I mean, that's just my mentality. I don't – I ain't going to say I don't look at how much the winner's getting, mm-hmm. but I also look to see what 10th place gets. Right. You know, everybody always wants me to go to Wheatland. Go to Wheatland when Springfield ain't racing. Well, it's two hours away. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost me, you know, $150 just in fuel in my truck. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I get a lot of the same thing. Why do you race at Springfield? Well, Springfield's two miles from our home, and it pays a hundred more dollars to win at Wheatland. If you go up there and win, you spent seventy five to get there. Yeah. So, and it just it, it doesn't make any sense. But to get, I kind of I got you sidetracked there. To get back to the question, what would you fix on? Let's be mods. What would you fix on the B mods as of right now to make this this thing click to get more people involved to step up? Midwest mod guys make it more appealing to step up. I don't know what you can do to them Midwest mod guys. I think they're crazy <laughs> to race for $125, but to me, the Midwest mod should be a starting point, not a dropping down point. I agree. I, I, it turned into from a beginner's class to an economic class, and I think that's wrong. B mods are supposed to be the eco mod, supposed to be. And the Midwest mods, when I started, was the beginner mod, and then now it's turned into the economic mod, while B mods are priced themselves out. And A mods are a totally new league, and they have been for quite some time. Yeah, and, and I know Jerry's trying to do the the IMCA deal, and I hope it works, but I just wonder what he could do if, if he didn't run A-mods. You know, a lot of tracks are doing that now. Mm-hmm. A lot of tracks are, they've gotten rid of the late models, they've gotten rid of the A-mods, and, you know, I think if, if now this is just Springfield, because obviously Monette doesn't even run, well, they're bringing back late models, but they don't run A-mods, but my, my thinking is there still just needs to be two, two modified classes and take that money from the a mods and raise the b mod payout and raise the yeah. midwest mod payout scatter it out yeah yeah and don't put it on don't be don't, don't be top heavy yeah that, and scatter it out. that's what i hate about thousand to wins it's a thousand to win but second place gets four hundred dollars how many of those have we been to it's like a monette paid extra money uh four state race or something some one of the big tony roper race we won two years ago, and second place paid weekly second place money, which is 140 or something, something pretty far drop. They need to, instead of making it appealing thousand to win to get cars to show up, the, the top guys to show up, we need to spread it out to make it where everybody can show up. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're not going to pay back good, my thinking is for, now I, I don't just look at the driver's standpoint either. I look at the, you know, I look at the track promoter, the owner. You know, why would you want to make just one person happy? Mm-hmm. The only person that's happy is the guy that wins the thousand. Right. The guy that runs sixth, sixth place that got a hundred bucks and he paid a thirty dollar pit pass and a fifty dollar entry fee. Yeah, he's not doing he's, anything. Well, from sixth on back. Yeah, they're getting paid start money. Yeah, yeah. they're not happy. I guarantee yeah. it. A guy like me, when I go to look somewhere I want to race, I look at start money. I don't look at winnings. You know, it'd be far fetched if I run away and stole one but you know i want to know if i do the worst i can do what am i going to get back yeah you know is this going to be worth my time to spend a hundred dollars in gas but most of the time it's not but 
really not why we yeah. do it. In the big picture, none of it's worth it. But right, yeah, yeah I mean, but yeah. I still look. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I don't make money racing, but I'm not losing my butt either. Yeah, if I come know? home with the profit for the evening, it gets reinvested into the car. So my pocket money from work stays in it goes to my personal money. So if you win a race, pays three hundred bucks. If you got oil change that week or tires, and you just do that, you don't dip in your own money. And if you profit for the night, you might keep a little bit of it too, because you're probably not gonna profit the second time around, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, my my deal that's helped me. I mean, I wouldn't have won nowhere near as much. I wouldn't have been in racing for as long, is if it wasn't for my sponsors. Mm-hmm. I mean, Doug's Pro Lube has been with me for, I don't know, ten, twelve years. Uh, Iggy's Diner, Garrison Performance, Auto Express, Carthage Lock and Key, Dell's Garage. I'm looking <laughs> at a poster right now with all of them on there, Pro Series batteries. I mean, that's one thing that people should try harder. And I know it's hard to get sponsors. You just got to find people that like racing. You can't just go up to anybody that doesn't even know anything about a dirt track mm-hmm. and expect them to sponsor your car. That doesn't work. But, I mean... If they like racing, I mean, that's who you really need to go after. And that's, I mean, I've done shirts. I put their name on my racing suit, whatever I can afford to get them what what they're helping me to get. You know, they're wanting advertisement. And, and some people will sponsor you and could care less. Right. Yeah, Jesse talked about that with Corey Pope. Corey Pope was giving him money for a while, and he didn't want, he didn't even want anything on there. He just wanted to know that he helped. Yeah. It, that's it's, cool. It's that, yeah, that's real cool. Yeah. And I know that for the couple of people that do sponsor you, listen, you beat me up over pictures a bunch. You give me, you tell me, bring you five of them, and you'll pick which ones you want to represent that sponsor to go to their their place. You don't want to send them a picture that's that may feature one sponsor a little better than the one you're giving it to. So, and you you're reading off your poster from 2005, and those are still people that are relevant today. And that says something about your partnerships as well. That's something people should they get a sponsor. They don't need to just get their money and run. They need to make sure they take they take care of that person. And anybody I see with sponsorships for years on end, that that says something about the person. Well, and it makes your racing season so much easier knowing you've already got sponsors lined up yeah. for yep. the next year or two. If you get in a bind, I've gotten a bind with people that have taken care of me for years and they'll help me out. But if I get in a bind with somebody that I haven't really did my part with I'm likely not gonna do that because they don't feel like they've been helped as much as they're gonna help me and it goes both ways I mean you had dinner tonight we met you at one of your sponsors tonight yeah you're up there talking with the owner just taking care of them you just had fun with them people don't don't do that so like I said every time I talk to you you kind of give me a little bit to think about whenever I leave because you see it from a little different perspective than a lot of the people do when it comes to money when it comes to sponsors when it comes to look your image is clean you don't see anybody mouthing on Facebook. You don't, Your stuff always looks nice. You guys are always in order. So when we go to the racetrack, we know what to expect out of you, and sponsors want that. We just got you fooled that. is all we got. Yeah. We ain't in order. When you get rid of Wade, it gets quiet. Wade <laughs> yeah. shows up. Yeah. It's a little rowdy. We've seen him run across the pits one time, though. We did see you run across the pits. <laughs> yeah. I was going to get a tire. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a flat. Whenever you seen that video, did you get – because you text me that night, and I, I – got a hold of Austin I'm like hey Jackie's mad did it make you mad any or was it just no a it flustered? didn't make me mad but uh I got a text message from USRA <laughs> from I think it was Todd Staley's son yeah wanting to know what I was doing and what was going on so you know and 
I race for the, you know, national points and, mm -hmm. you know, track points. And that's where some more money comes from. So I didn't want to screw that up. I wasn't mad. My kids still watch it and laugh all the time <laughs> about it. But it was cool. I, you know, heck, I ain't got no problem with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a little crazy, too. I mean, I thought that was really cool, though. When we posted that, it was just a jab of some funny for us. And it went, I, it's probably up to 115,000 views now. And that's yeah, way that's, more than we thought. That's crazy. I never even. I just thought I sent it to him, thinking, "Look at this. This is funny." Like, like, We've got to post it. <laughs> <laughs> got to post it. No, yeah. I I give a lot of people a lot of crap. So when people give me crap, you know, yeah. all I can do is let it roll off because you know I got it coming. Yeah, you could see. I guess you could have seen it both ways, but everybody's seen it pretty fair. It was pretty funny. Well, and and to explain myself, <laughs> I mean. The the lap car we had lapped him probably three times already, and we're coming down the back stretch, and I'm running second. James Thompson's leading, and I'm right on his rear bumper. I'm gonna make a move going into three, and me and Jerry's got a different opinion of this. <laughs> to me, the lap car was down on the bottom, and he decides to exit mm -hmm. right in front of me and James Thompson, wrecked us both. So yeah, I was a little I was a little ticked off, but I was really ticked off because people could have got hurt. Right. I mean, James could have got hurt, I could have got hurt, the guy in that car could have got hurt, and the whole field was coming behind us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Terry Beckham was in a bad crash like that because a guy had a flat and he drove around the bottom of the racetrack and then tried to exit off and here come Terry Beckham, mm -hmm. you know, running 100 mile an hour and hit him. And the guy that had the flat ended up getting burnt real bad right and it messed up terry's eyesight and you know so th that's what really ticked me off i mean and not one person person could have got hurt five or six eight yeah. people could have got hurt yeah you know that was my whole thinking is sometimes racers don't always think when I, they make I, a decision most, i mean we're all guilty yeah i've most definitely been there i've i spun out ben solberg whether he meant to or not, he kind of got a little bit ugly with me at Monette, and I thought he did on purpose. I spun him out. And what I did was get Cody Jolly's car jumped, and that's not cool. You can't do that kind of stuff. So I know. I've done it too. You can't not spin someone out because you're going to get some other dude that had nothing to do with it. You're going to get him hurt. You're going to get him tore up. You're going to cost somebody some money that probably shouldn't have been there based on their financial status, but they love it, and you're going to make them where they can't race for another month. So... At, and the very next night, I, I went. I had to eat the bullet and go talk to Ben, and tell him like, "I'm here's here's what I think. I, you can't do that. I got Cody tore up. Didn't really hurt Ben, but it got somebody else tore up, and he was cool with it. But I know, that's, that's exactly what you're saying. You got to think of the others. So I haven't spun anybody out intentionally since. I wanted to. But yeah, and <laughs> if you know, if you're three laps down, what are you gonna do? Why would you run the bottom? Mm -hmm. You know, you probably need yeah. to be up on top. Especially if you're going to exit the racetrack, you dang sure need to be on top. Yeah. But, oh, well, that, you know, last I, year. Yeah. Well, you've had problems with people like that before. Hey, hey. What's this 24H <laughs> car? Oh, that's he a long tried to time kill ago. you. He tried to yeah. kill you. That was two or three weeks in a row. God, he came out of the infield and tried to T-bone you. Then he said it was your fault. No, he didn't try and T-bone me. He did T-bone <laughs> me. <laughs> that was another crazy deal. I'm going down a back stretch, and this 24 comes straight out of the pits and hits me. And I didn't even know the race was over. Mm -hmm. 
And I went through the infield. There was a big old ditch in the infield. Hit that. <laughs> finally got it out on the racetrack and killed it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I have led almost every lap, and I get taken out. And then I hear on the headset, 21 to the winner's circle. And in my head, I'm thinking, why are you telling me winner's circle? I'm sitting here, not even moving. I thought there was another lap, but the race was over. But, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal. He was and then he blamed it on me. Yeah, he's blaming you on Facebook that week. And yeah. He was raising the hell. It was, it was a good read. And we was going to lap him one time. And he drove over the front of my car, same guy, mm -hmm. and broke my upper A arm. And again, it was my fault. Yeah, I think know? it was after the infield thing because he was going to get you back. He's what he said. Well, he said after the infield thing, he did come and apologize. And I didn't know what had happened. I just said, oh, you know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. But then the next week, he runs over the right front. And, and once again, it's a lap car, you know. Yeah. And I've been that lap car. We've probably all oh, been yeah. that lap car. Heck yeah, yeah. But sometimes you just need to explain to people what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Um, getting back to the economic thing, it's not really money, but it's racetrack quality. I asked JC about last week, and he was where I'm at. And I notice every week you hot lap. Why? Why do you hot lap every week? Because I run a crate motor, and the track needs to slick off. You want a racetrack. It, it, you, you can ask a lot of people, Bobby Parrish, uh, Everybody, I try and get them to hot lap. Yeah, because I need the track to yeah. slick off to slow you guys down. It, so it makes, my crate motor's got a chance. Makes for a good racetrack, and this is attention Midwest mods. We need you guys hot lapping because there's several of you that do not hot lap. We need there's 38 of them. There's 38 cars. Let's get two laps a piece on yeah. them. Let's go. You're gonna I mean, take I, them to the car wash I, Monday, anyways. I understand why people don't hot lap because it's money. They don't want that stuff. Well, no. They 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 use their tires. They use fuel. I mean, you got to remember, I'm a yeah, budget a, racer, so I, yeah. you know, I've thought about not hot hot lapping before. Me too. Yeah. But but especially Monette when the track is Eight six inches deep. In deep yeah. yeah, I go an extra lap at Monette to try and blow that crap off. Yeah, I I get the economic part of it, but the same guys that are saying that they're broke and they'll get on Facebook later that night, track was shit. There's no passing. Yeah. Because you could have helped. It may not have fixed it that much, but you yeah, could have it, helped. And some people, I think you guys talked about it maybe last week. You know, somebody will be telling you to go to the bottom, and as soon as you go to the bottom, you roll right back to the middle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. the whole bottom is, is still muddy. Yeah. And a lot of tracks are starting to say, we don't care what the track conditions are. If you guys don't get out there and pack, racing starts at 7 o'clock. Yep. We're going to start racing at 7 no matter what. I think that's how Randy Mooneyham used to do it. Yeah, yeah. If you guys aren't going to come pack, okay, come on racing. Jerry, I mean, he does. He makes you get out there. And you don't see too many people pull down to the bottom and then pull back up with Jerry. Because no, Jerry will roll his, <laughs> roll his four-wheeler back and yeah. you're going to pack. Did you see the night he pulled out in front of Brandon Maggard and he hit him? Long time ago, when he's driving Larry Tyndall's car, Maggard hit him on the four wheeler because, or Maggard hit him with his modified on Jerry's four wheeler. Jerry was trying to get him to go where he thought he needed to go to pack the track, and Brandon hit him and knocked him <laughs> off of it. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Like my first, I don't know, four or five times taking pictures, I was like floored in the infield. Like, let's watch Jerry get hurt. <laughs> Another thing, it, it got brought up last year uh, from uh, Double Zero Car. You guys are racing slide jobs. Where, where you at on that? Uh, a slide job's fine if you clear me. Mm -hmm. uh, what should you expect in return if I, if I drive over your nose? What should I expect from from your standpoint? 
Should if I expect you, a dump or should I expect a hit? Like, because people well, are going to, people decipher this on their own. Well, to me, let's talk about a slide job first. The anatomy of. <laughs> to me, a slide job is you clear the person yes. that you're passing. Okay, so let's say you slid job me, which you did at Monette last year. Mm-hmm. I've got three options. Yep. Cross me. Cross hit, over hit me and try and pass you back. Hit you in the back. Hit you in the bumper. Or let off the gas. Mm-hmm. That's your options. But I see, I mean, really, you should always do the crossover. It's going to benefit you nine times out of ten. Yeah, why would you run into the back of the guy in front of you? You're just going to tear up your front bumper, and they're 75 bucks. Remember, (laughs) I know the cost. I'm not, me, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm I'm not going to just run into somebody to let you know, hey, you can't do that to me. Yeah, I mean, some people, that may make them think, well, I'm going to do it to you more. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not going to try and pass me back. Right. We had that happen in the heat race Saturday, and I just could have dumped the guy that did it to me for no particular reason. I crossed him over, and we went on about our business. But you got uh, you got crowded really good last year a couple of different times, and you guys had talked about it afterwards, and you said if it happened that particular way again, you are going to do something about it. Who are, you, who are you talking about? Jolly. You and Jolly had some stuff. It may, it may have even been JC. Jolly was really pitching some, some sliders on you guys that weren't, that weren't far. You may have been talking about Jolly and JC from your perspective, and you said what you would have done because he didn't really leave him very much give like three different times. Yeah, I don't think me and Jolly's ever had to. Uh, it may have been you issue. talking about JC and, and Cody because I remember you talking about it because I, I thought you were talking about me when you were talking about because the night before I slid you at Monette and I, I thought everything was good, but then I heard yeah, you talking turned about, right back underneath you. And- yeah, went on about our business, but I thought you were talking about me, but then I was I was broke, so I didn't get to see the race, and I watched the video, and I kind of knew what you were meaning by that. That's why I bring that up, because I don't think that there's ever been a, a time that I've seen you do anything to hurt someone's car. I mean, well, and, I tr- and you know, there's going to be people out there that just does not believe this, but I'm not, I don't want to tear up your car. Mm-hmm. Because if I tear up your car, there's a pretty good chance I tore up my car. <laughs> yeah. So what good's that going to do? Yeah. And you know, I know I don't want to spend any time fixing stuff that I shouldn't have to fix, and I don't want to inflict that on someone else. And well, once again, it can go further than just that racetrack. You know, mm-hmm. before when I was still racing a mod, I had a certain issue with the a certain someone that went on for two or three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got spun out. I don't know, three, four times, and I, and I never retaliated. Mm-hmm. And, and trust me, I wanted to. Yeah. And I was real close to it. Even my dad said, you need to put him in the wall. And my dad's not a mean person. <laughs> yeah. But what is that going to benefit me? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I go start a fight with him, I'm going to get kicked out of the racetrack. Yeah. So I'm not going to win the championship. USRA is going to probably do something to me. Mm-hmm. So it it didn't benefit me 100% to retaliate. And how many times have you like seen a fight and when they get up, they still don't like each other? <laughs> it's not going to oh, fix yeah, anything. Yeah. You're still They're not going to be yeah, friends. You're still mad at them. It's not going to fix anything. And uh, it wh- could go bad, too. I mean, I, I talked to Jerry about it. Jerry said, you need to do something, but I don't know what, but... If you go over and fight him, what if you hit him and he falls down and hits his head on a rock? Yeah, could be game over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, it just it does not benefit to retaliate. Now, I'm not saying I ain't never going to retaliate, mm-hmm. but 
You, you don't know? want, yeah, you don't want to put it out there like that. If I'm having a bad year, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's easy. and yeah. somebody does that to me, yeah, I'll probably retaliate. Yeah. It's a, nice to know that you what you're getting into when you race with somebody. I know when I race with you, I know what I'm getting into. I'm not going to get smoked. I'm not. Everything's going to go fine. If we race each other hard, it's fine. I'm not going to expect a door from someone, and it's nice to know that in return. And and I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I've Someone's never touched anybody because yeah. I have, but I guarantee you. Nine times out of ten, it's not... Not going to be on purpose. Yeah, not yeah. not that I'm wanting to. I've asked you about this before, and you kind of shied around at speaking of fighting. How, you fought here in locally, cage fight, right? Or was that just a one-time thing? Or could you kind of shy around it when I asked you about it? Uh, well, it, it wasn't... When I did it, it wasn't cage fighting. Mm-hmm. It was called Tough Man Contest. Yeah. And uh, this was... I don't know. I was probably, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, something. And... Uh, a buddy of mine, they had one at Joplin, and uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, we should enter in that uh, tough man contest. I said, you're a freaking idiot. We'll get our butts kicked. <laughs> and uh, somehow he talked me into it, and me and him was in the same weight class. <laughs> so that was even dumber, if you ask me. But uh, we went and entered, and uh, me and him, it was it was different back then. You fought one time Friday night. Mm-hmm. Then on Saturday, if you won, you come back Saturday and you fought four times. <laughs> I mean, and you know, we was 19 or 20, but we was still out of shape. Yeah. I mean, for that. And, uh, we thought we would just get our butts kicked and go home. Mm-hmm. Well, we both won. Then we come back Saturday. We both won again. And then, uh, our second fight, we both won again. <laughs> So then guess what happened in our third fight? Fight each other. Me and him was against each other. And uh, and you won 500 bucks if you won. Yeah. And uh, I said, Travis, it ain't going to do us any good to go kill each other for three rounds. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll forfeit, and you'll go on to the championship fight. And he actually owed me $500 <laughs> at the time. I said, but if you win... I get the money because mm-hmm. you owe me 500 bucks. He said, deal. Well, then I got to talking to, you know, our friends and they're like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You know, <laughs> calling me all kinds of names. So I'm like, all right, I'll fight him. So we fought one round mm-hmm. and I forfeited Yeah. and he ended up winning. So you got your money. But I got my $500. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year we come around, Joplin had another one. We entered, and I don't remember how he did, but I made it all the way to the championship fight. But he was – I fought, they had another fight, and then I had to fight again. Mm -hmm. I was tired. I was pooped, and I got knocked out in the first round. No kidding. Yeah. I was not – he had a lot more time to – Get rested Yeah, get rested than I did. Not making excuses, but – and then um, we went to – Somehow I got hooked up with um, Tony Holden, put those Tough Man contest on. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know who Tony Holden is, that was Tommy Morrison's promoter. Mm-hmm. A lot of the fights they have at, uh, oh, the... Freedom Hall? No, the casino. Oh, uh, Buffalo Run? Buffalo Run. Yeah. He puts those on. He's still in it. So somehow I got... He was putting those on, so he would call me and said, hey, I'm having a Tough Man at... Fayetteville, Arkansas, where you come fight. So I would go fight there. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, he had one at Oklahoma City, and I went and fought there and got second again. Got beat up by a littler Mike Tyson. <laughs> he knocked me down twice. I went three rounds, but he was he was going to kill me anyway. <laughs> and then uh, they had one here at Carthage, and I entered it, and uh, I won it. That was the only one I won, but I got three seconds. Really? But they was fun. They really was. I mean, you didn't you didn't really get hurt too bad. But <laughs> what was what stunk the worst is you got so tired. Yeah. You fought four times in one night, and they're just three one minute rounds. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you stand there and go toe to toe for a minute, and you're pooped. Yeah. Did you train or anything for that, or was it just someone I, call you and be like, all right? Yeah. A couple yeah, of well, raids, I was young and dumb then, man. Yeah. I'd probably still do it again if they still had them because that's fun. But, you know, we didn't train at all. When I went to when I went to Muskogee, Oklahoma, I did train a little bit. And uh, the Carthage one, I trained a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just running, trying to, to build cardio. Yeah, there. just to, so you didn't get so dang tired. And um, when I went to – when I fought in Muskogee, Oklahoma, or, uh, Oklahoma City, um, when I come back, I was having problems breathing. Mm-hmm. So I went and seen the doctor – and uh, I had a bruised lung, and but you don't get beat up too bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah that's, that's pretty good. Did you get paid for a second? No, winter, only the winner got winter paid. Winter. But his when, economic stance changed. No, hold on here, <laughs> hold on here. When I got hooked up with Tony Holden, he would pay me to go fight. Really? But it was cash. Yeah. You know, and uh, the doctor I went and seen that told me I had a bruised lung. I was getting ready to leave, and he calls. Uh, like the receptionist or whatever, and she puts him on speaker. And he says, hey, if you're going to go any further than this with this boxing, you know, I would help you out. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kind of getting into racing then. And I said, well, you know, what do you mean? He said, well, if you're going to take this boxing any further, I'd be willing to help you. Well, shoot, that's sponsor opportunity <laughs> for a race car to me. So yeah. I said, well, instead of, but he was the doctor that they had on site at some of the tough man contests. Yeah. So he kind of knew who I was, but, um, I said, well, why don't you sponsor my race car instead of, you know, the boxing? He said, no, nah, I'm not really interested in that. So I kind of, I mean, I'm glad I didn't go down that path anyway, <laughs> but you know, that was yeah. fun. That was a lot of fun. That was the word about town. Whenever I was growing up, it was like, he's fast, but he He's cage fighter. You got to watch him. I don't tear even, your ass up. I don't even know. Let's see. Cage fighting. It was probably going on a little bit, but not like it. Yeah. Not like it is today. You know, that was 20 years ago or so. I can't believe you. Would, did you pay money to enter? Uh, no, it was free. Okay. Well, I guess it makes well, sense. Well, you had to buy, you had to buy your, your boxing license, uh-huh. but they paid that for you. Really? So was but, it gloves and knuckles or what was it? No, it, you you wore gloves. The boxing gloves. Yeah. Okay. I was saying. That's, but I mean, in my very first fight, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I just walked out and I I threw the hardest ride I could throw, and I dropped the kid. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's, but the bad thing is he got back up, <laughs> <laughs> and I beat on him for three rounds, and he never fell down again. But in the third round, I was so tired I could barely lift my hands up. <laughs> I would start swinging my right arm. Yeah, and he wouldn't come in, but I didn't want him to because I was so dang tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, growing up, it was. I mean, obviously, you're doing your thing, Grayson, but it was. It was probably don't wreck him 
He's funny. He's See, I, you never know what people say about you, yeah. good or bad. I've heard know. lots of stories about myself I had no idea about. Yeah, yeah. So that one was running around true, but yeah, I, I, you wouldn't have known it. Cause you're There's so, probably more stories that's not true than true. Oh, yeah, no doubt, especially in the racing world. You win, it's because of that. Didn't you know he had that? I didn't know he had that. Yeah, yeah of course he yeah, did. Yeah. And people come up to me and tell me stuff I did, and I, did, I didn't even, even do it. Yeah, so. I get it too. Yeah, and especially since you're a crate motor guy, you're already a cheater. So you've well, got a hot rod motor. You know, that makes so. sense. The, what was the turkey race last year? Mm-hmm. On the restart, um, somebody spun out Dylan McCallan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. somebody went over to you and said, Jackie Dalton yeah. spun out Dylan yeah. McCallan. It wasn't even me. Yeah, quarter car spun out McCallan. They came well, over. I wasn't going to say that, but since you said it. Me and Scroggins go way back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they came over. They said, did you see Jackie spin that guy out? So what are you talking about? It was on the front row. I mean, we were, I don't know, third row or something. Well, I was. I think I was second row and you was third row. Yeah, we were out of the action anyways, but, yeah. Well, he, I actually hit him. But Scroggins had already turned him plumb sideways. Scroggins did his thing, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, because he broke uh, A-frame because of that. Yeah, that's yeah, why my front end was messed yeah. up. Yeah, and and I, the same deal with the same thing with JC. I mean, I'm leading the race, and he try and I'm running the top, and he tries to pass me on the outside, mm. and I don't know what he does. He spins out or whatever, and he's mad at me, and people saying it was my fault. Yeah. I'm like, I'm leading the race. You can literally do whatever you want if you're leading. If you want to do S's on the backstretch, that's your Yeah, problem. I mean, I mean, he did, right when he got up beside me and I seen him, we hit, and it was, it was too it late, was too yeah, late to do it. anything. And I mean, me and J.C., J.C. was the bigger man and come and talk to me at the beginning of the year. And, and I even asked him, I said, J.C., why didn't you just go to the bottom? Why mm-hmm. didn't you just slide job me? You would have cleared me by three car links. Yeah. And, and he said, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you just sometimes make the wrong move. Yeah. Well, um, Go, go back to you say you drive for your dad now what in the because you sold the a mod the a mod belonged to you right yeah and now the b mod belongs to your dad mm-hmm. were you going to get out of it out of racing period uh yeah I that's was, what led I your dad was, into buying the car well dad was kind of thinking about buying a car for him i got you and the the a mod deal was dying and what really killed it is um monette cutting the A mods. Mm-hmm. You only got one track to race at. Right. Well, yeah. And the amount of money that you spend on an A mod, it's not worth it really to race, you know, one night a week because mm-hmm. you're obviously not going to finish high enough in national points to get right. any money. So. As if that that pays enough to make it worth it anyways. I mean, it does help. The, the money in January is cool, but. Well, it all helps. I it mean, all helps, but I mean, like you got to remember, though, I got a crate motor every year. Yeah, that, yeah, so two years in a row now. That you've was a, a good motor. deal. But if you weren't in that position, though, it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you're gonna you're gonna win it to go chase it. Because when we won the deal in seventeen, we raced like fifty four times or something, and we started doing our tax paperwork and still didn't make any money. We got yeah, I motor, I but. won't chase the national championship. That's why I always run fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, because I'm not gonna travel. Like, I don't know where all you went, but I'm not going to travel four or five, six hours yeah. away to race for 300 bucks we to win 2000 everywhere locally. And then it got to the point where we had to go to Las Cruces. And that's a, that was a big trip. And Danny, he got my car down there. But that was a big trip. So, I mean, we, if I would have driven my truck down there and raced in Las Cruces, that would probably have been a $2,000, $2,500 trip. And national points paid two grand. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's not. A, and they need to look at that too because the B mods is way bigger than the A mods. Mm-hmm. And the A mods get 10000 $10,000. Yeah. We ought to split that up, you know, eight and five or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that right there is another thing that could happen mm-hmm. that would help the racer. Yeah. And it's not going to, it ain't going to cost him any more money. Yeah. His pockets are going to be the same. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, what's it like racing for your old man? Is it fun? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Dad, he's funny. Him and him and his girlfriend—they go. His girlfriend doesn't go every time, but Dad, anytime I need him, I mean, probably just like your dad. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if we got to come home and and work on the car for three or four hours because we wrecked, Dad'll be right there. Yeah. If I call Dad and say, Dad, you need to get over here. I got we got a lot of work to do. He'll be here in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Did it change your role any? Since he's owner, does he call the shots now and tell you you're doing something stupid? Uh, Dad's never really told me I well, did not, something my stupid. My dad never really comes out and says it, but I know if I'm doing something wrong, he'll shake his head. I, that's good enough. <laughs> so I go back and do what I was. What he I was might give to. me a little of opinion every once in a while, but you know my dad's kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. He don't really get upset about too much. And the crazy thing is, since Dad's, you know it's dad's car and stuff that kind of plays in my head a little bit mm-hmm. you know i don't want to i don't want to wreck and and cost my dad money right you know yeah yeah i understand that when i race for danny you got to look at things a little bit different yeah am exactly. i doing this for my own benefit or am i doing this for a big picture and if i'm doing it for myself and you got to kind of chill out you're going to box some, some tires off of it for no reason for yeah my dad you know he's 72 years old mm-hmm. and He's drawing Social Security, and he's still working because mm-hmm. he doesn't like to sit at home, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But he's a piddler. I mean, on Saturday morning, I'll get up and look out my window. He's already out here in the shop. Yeah. I'll come out here. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just piddling. Yeah, that's you what know? my dad does too. But he'll yeah. check bolts. I mean, he's a bolt checking fool. He loves the WD. We got to buy that by the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you touch anything, yeah. it's got WD on it. Yeah. Or brake clean fiends at our house. But Everything what's, gets brake clean on it. One of the things that's funny is, you know, now that we bought this late model, uh, Dad pulls it to the races. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you guys out there, you guys need to look at this truck that my dad <laughs> pulls the late model with. Him and his girlfriends drive. I, I just pictured this. Him and his girlfriends driving down the road, down I-44, in this ugly Brown four-door dually that he bought with a freaking late model on the back. I just wonder how many people laugh. You know, like, he's look at that. The, look at that old couple. They're going to the races. Yeah, he's going to dream. He's yeah. gonna, <laughs> living the dream. Yeah. I had to put that on his back window. Yeah. I bet that could. That'd be cool. He seems like he really enjoys it. I know my dad, and he he'll complain about like sometimes during the week, but he enjoys it. I think your dad. Really oh, my enjoys dad it too. loves it. I mean, that's really what I don't even think we ever touched base on that. That's what got me into the racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad raced when I was. We actually bought a. Uh, well, we didn't, but he did when I was probably eight. He bought a car from Corky Felker, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember going and looking at it before he bought it and brought it home, and um, I would ride in the back of the pickup from our house to Monette Speedway. Yeah. yeah. Probably 40 minutes, Yeah, you know, back when you could ride in the back of a pickup. Mm-hmm. And I'd go sit in the stands by myself, watch the races, and after the races, I'd walk back to the pits, find my dad, I'd ride home in the back <laughs> of that pickup. Yeah. I don't know how long I did that, yeah. you know, probably... 
to us 14 or so. I rode to my Uncle Dean several times in the back of his truck. Yeah. I didn't care how it took me to get there. I was getting there. Yep. That's the way I was. I've loved racing for a long time. And then I got two brothers and both of them raced. You know, I couldn't wait till it was my turn because I'd help both them. Yeah. You know. That's how I felt. I went with my Uncle Dean for a long time. My dad raced a little bit when I was a kid, and when it was my turn, it was that was it. Yeah. And it was like I, I was thinking in lineup, like I said earlier, what the hell? I when just I couldn't out, wait to pack the track. Yeah. I mean, anything to get out there. I got to go there. out and um, Earl Perrier's mini stock a couple times. Uh, James Reedus would turn me loose in his stuff. Mike Watson would turn me loose in his stuff, pack a track, and I was king of the mountain whenever they did that stuff. Yeah. You'd Mike, cruise down the front stretch, oh, yeah. seeing how many girls you know. looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Your arm hanging out the window. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. looking for people I knew that way they could see me driving that car. Mike Watson <laughs> let me hot lap at one time for a mechanics race. And I said, Richard Petty after that. I want everybody to know. I drove by the pits as slow as I could with my helmet off, just letting people see it was me in there so I can answer some questions when I got done. But um, Joe Duvall brought up the haunted house deal. How the hell did you get started in the haunted house stuff? Well, my brother, he coached a peewee football team. Billy. Yep, my yep. brother Billy. And um, at the end of the season, he wanted to, I don't know, football ends right around October. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to build this, you know, down at the very end of his field was some trees and stuff. So he wanted to kind of build a, a walk-through, spook, forest, whatever you want to do. And we did that for, I don't know, two or three years. And I've always loved the spook house. Mm-hmm. I've always went, you know, it's a lot of fun to me. And uh, I built this shop. I thought, well, heck, let's just have a spook house in here. So we had it in here for, I think we did it here for like 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we finally moved over to Joplin and bought land and built a, you know, 40 by 120 building. And we've been doing it over there for probably four years. Mm-hmm. Got a got a hearse parked right out front. Yeah, I don't <laughs> My know neighbors are like, what the heck <laughs> you got a hearse for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know about that when I pulled up. Yeah, I saw that and I didn't connect the dots till you just said something. I'm like, huh, yeah, hey, whatever. I know a lot of people that ain't gonna ride in a hearse until they die. You should ride in a hearse. You talk about a smooth rider. <laughs> I thought it was Tim Johnson's car. I thought that was his. Well, he, you know, I'll tell you what's funny. My kids, my kids eat up the spook house. They make their mom take them to school on Halloween really? in the hearse. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It's a. I'm surprised my wife does it, but they love it. They love it. My 10-year-old, he works in the spook house. We got him a spot to where nobody can get to him and touch him, you know, but he loves it till about 11 o'clock, right, Jet? <laughs> about 11 o'clock, he gets tired. Yeah, we've been, and it's good. We've been to a lot of the local ones around here, and it's it's top tier. And we really we, we didn't get to go this past year, but it's a lot of fun. We, we change it up as much as we can, and we make it as good as we can. A, a lot of spook houses will hire – you know, 15 year old kids to work in there. We don't want that. We mm-hmm. want, we want a good experience. And where we're at, we got two spook houses on five acres and you can go to one and then do a hay ride. Mm-hmm. And we take you right over to the front door of the other one. Yeah. Go through the cool. other one. When you come out, we pick you right back up, bring you right back where you started. It's nice when the racers show up cause I get the extra treatment. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, if we know you, you do get a little extra yeah. treatment. Cause when Daryl works for us, he, he basically or worked for you. He, he basically, he knew we were coming through. So oh yeah. He oh, pretty yeah. much uh, like tackled me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he let me know what was going yeah. on. That we was, don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is fun. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely unique because there's so many trades and stuff involved in the race and stuff. And I don't know anybody that does stuff like that. 
Yeah, I know we uh, – well, I don't want to let it out, but at the Chili Bowl, you might have seen – if you go to the Chili Bowl, you might have <laughs> yeah. seen some 80s, you know, haunt yeah. characters, <laughs> you know. You never know where you're going to see yeah. Freddy Krueger show up. That, the Spook House kind of it helps out your Chili Bowl fund too, right? That- well, we spent a lot of money getting it going. Yeah. You know, we bought three acres and it had a house on it, mm-hmm. and then we had to build the building. It takes a lot. It takes a yeah. lot. Um, we've been there three or four years now. I bet we put, and I've got a partner in on it too, because mm-hmm. the cost is, we went and bought two animatronics, two, yeah. <laughs> $5,000 for dang. two animatronics. Now they do look cool and they do look real, but man, and that's, <laughs> that's not the high dollar ones. Really? I mean, they got some that's eight, 10. They had, we go to a deal up in uh, St. Louis it's just for spook houses. Mm-hmm. You have to own a spook house to be able to get in. They had a dinosaur there <laughs> that you get in and it walks. I mean, it made the noises, everything, <laughs> just like a dinosaur. It's, it was bad. It's not inflatable. It, no, it is not inflatable. It was badass. I wanted to buy that, but it was $8,000. But I could just picture that thing running across the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And for those who don't know, what's the name of your spook house? Fair Factory. That's right. Yep. You can look us up on Facebook. Um, where a lot of people ask, well, when do you do the spook house? When do you I always think? say, yeah. well, July. people like, usually like to do it around October. Yeah. You, you have to, you got permits and all that stuff for that, or can, can anyone set one up? You have to have like city permits and stuff. For well, we're outside city limits. Uh, okay. Every spook house is outside city limits just because of the permit deal. I see. But we got, you know, we've got like $2 million worth of coverage insurance. Yeah. We've never had to use our insurance. But, uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's pretty hectic sometimes when it you're trying to do like hay it. rides. And, and we got a VIP pass where people go to the front of the line. And you got to take them people up there. And But, I mean, and you never have perfect conditions. Mm-hmm. It's like the first weekend will be so stinking hot. Everybody's sweating. Yeah. And within a week... The temperature's 25 degrees and everybody's yeah. freezing. But once it's over and everybody gets paid, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's fun for me the whole time, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't work in the spook house. I have to, like, break people and take care of customers yeah. and yeah. hay rides and all that. But, I mean, if you show up, I'll be out front or mm-hmm. Jeremy will be out front. Yeah. Jeremy, he said he texted you. Said not to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> Go ahead. Jeremy Swarns. Swarns, right? That's how you say his last Swearns, name. Swearns, yeah. Okay, yeah. He told you not to tell this story, but I'm going to poke you to tell it. Well, I got a couple stories about Jeremy <laughs> I could tell. But Jeremy, we was at, um, he'd been going with me for quite a while, probably seven, eight years probably, as much as he could in between traveling. And uh, we went to Nevada one night. The only reason we went to Nevada is because they was having a mechanics race. Mm-hmm. Well, when we got there, we went to the driver's meeting. They're not having a mechanics race. They're going to have it next week. I spoke up. I said, ma'am, <laughs> I've got three cars here. We all came because of the mechanics race. Mm-hmm. I said, can we just let them go out there and and race just for nothing? I mean, because all you win anyway is a trophy. Yeah. Well, um, Jeremy is a thinker. And uh, he gets up there and he miraculously draws front row outside. <laughs> I'm not saying a two was involved, but yeah. there probably was. <laughs> so he's thinking, if I can, because Nevada's notorious for running the bottom. Mm-hmm. He says, he's got this, he's thinking in his head. He said, if if I can beat that guy to the first corner, 
I've got this baby one. <laughs> so he goes out there and he's front row outside. They drop the green. He flogs on it and turns that car plumb sideways and shoots. I don't know how the pole sitter didn't hit him, but he shot to the infield. <laughs> I mean, it turned plumb sideways, shot to the infield. What everybody goes past him. Well, he turns in the infield. He didn't kill it. Surprisingly, he gets back out on the racetrack and he's trying to catch guys. And he tells me this story after the race is over. He's like, man, it is, it is dusty out here. I could barely see. <laughs> he raced five laps and forgot to put his visor down. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I filmed him because I knew, you it's know, gonna he's yeah. going to say how fast he was. And uh, on the way home, he's like, man, you can, you can really feel that ass in come around in the car. I said, Jeremy, you wouldn't. You wasn't going fast enough. <laughs> He's like, no, no, really. I could feel it. I'm like, Jeremy, he's probably not doing 40. <laughs> he's like, no way, no way. We come home and I put the video on the big screen and we watch that whole thing. He's like, man, it sure feels like you're going a lot yeah, faster than yeah. that when you're out there. He's as guilty as any racer I've ever. I come, I come home sometimes thinking I did some Jonathan Davenport stuff and watch a video. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You think you're flying. Yeah. Yeah, he got the the full effect of that. Yeah, I can tell a lot of stories. It, and that's one thing that's good about racing is just traveling up and down the road with your mm -hmm. buddies, just making fun of each other. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things we laugh about now. Ten years later, we're still laughing about it. Wade Hawes, if you guys know who that is, we are on our way to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And... uh we we took the wrong exit or something. Somehow we end up in town. Well, every time we would we was in. Now you got to really think about this. We was in a Dodge extended cab dually, mm -hmm. a Dodge. You got to remember the Dodge. <laughs> There's a reason. Yeah. And uh, every time the RPMs had come up, we'd hear a noise and it was loud. But if if you let off the gas, the noise would quit. So we pull over to the side of the road, and Wade's a big guy. He's like six foot three or four or something like that. So he always rode in the front seat. So we get out. I pop the hood on the Dodge. The Dodge. Remember the Dodge. <laughs> and I raise the hood. And I'm looking and looking underneath and everything, and Wade turns around and says, the whole damn grill's gone. <laughs> But on the Dodge, when you pop the hood, the grill goes yeah. up. <laughs> we still make fun of him about that one. What was the, what was the noise? Uh, the wiring harness that yep. runs underneath the fan. Yep. One of them plastic clips broke. I see. And it sucked the wires up in the fan. But when you'd slow down, the wires would fall. Right. I see. It, we had so many lights coming on on the dash because it was cutting the wires. <laughs> Every time we leave the yard, my little cousins fall asleep. So it's half the fun going racing just to, to pour stuff on them or roll the windows oh, down yeah. or whatever oh, yeah. I can oh, do. Yeah. They're worthless. As soon as you pull out of the driveway, sleeping. I've but, never heard them laugh so hard when I, we were on the way back from St. Louis. And I just had an old hat I was wearing, and I just threw it out the window. Them guys I just roll. I for 100 miles after that. I like, couldn't believe it. Like, we shoot fireworks true. and stuff out the window. They won't bat an eye, but you <laughs> yeah. throw a phone book out the window, they lose it. I mean, it's, it's, it's something about... It's crazy. We, we go down to Kearney Street a lot of times over the summer shooting mortar shells and stuff out of the truck at McDonald's and stuff. No big deal. They don't. They just sit there and kind of smile. You throw something out the window, ah, they just lose it. 
It doesn't make any sense. When Jeremy, he, he just started going with us. He, he hadn't been going very long. And he, he has no idea about any part on a race car. <laughs> and we're on our way home after the races. And somebody got disqualified. You can probably remember this guy's name. His number was 57R. Yep, Rodocker. Uh, Gary Rodocker. Yeah. Yep. Well, he got disqualified for something. And I'm sitting in the back seat. There's probably six of us in this dually. And uh, Jeremy's driving. He always drives wherever we go. And they're talking about it. And I'm like, who are you guys talking about? And somebody says 57R. And I said, well, what did he get disqualified for? And somebody, <laughs> somebody says something about a shock on the rear end. And I said, his 9010? And Jeremy goes, no, 57R. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I cracked up. I still give you crap about that. I'm going to ask you about 9010 next time we go to the race. Yeah, yeah, ask you about 9010. Come over here and look at this 9010 shock I got on here. Let's see what he says. (laughs) Yeah, because he won't even know where to look for it. I was telling you got a 57R shock on that car. Yeah, yeah, but where? Where's it at? <laughs> that, my little cousins, when they go, uh, they don't know anything about it either. We were riding go-karts next to our house, and the chain broke. And my little cousin asked me, you think we can weld that? <laughs> I said, go ask my dad. And my, he went right in the garage. He asked my dad, do you think you can weld my chain back together? And dad said, Dylan, don't ever ask me anything like that ever again. <laughs> so it, 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 sometimes it gets frustrating, but sometimes it just, they're really trying. Oh. They're looking at it, and they see something, and they said the other day their dirt bike didn't have any percussion. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? They're, compression is what they're talking about. <laughs> didn't have any percussion. I'm like, yeah. yeah Kids are a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of fun. I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and my 10-year-old, he's a good kid, but my 7-year-old, he's a mean, ornery <laughs> little dude. Jet, when he was probably 5, you know, my kids grew up the racetrack. They don't even – care if they go anymore because mm-hmm. they grew up around it and jet was in the back seat and uh i don't remember what the deal was something maybe somebody was blocking the driveway or something and uh jet said i don't even know jet sitting in here i don't know if he'll even remember this and he says dad won't you go tell him to move his truck i said jet he might whoop my ass <laughs> and jet goes and he's five he goes maybe you'll whoop his ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if he remembers that story. <laughs> that used to be me running around the, the old owners, uh, Richard Dodd and them. They would turn me loose, and I was super mouthy because they let me drive the, the mail. The, they had this passenger side steer uh, mail trucks, what it used to be. It's an old military mail truck. It had Napa logo on it. It was one year you were coming around there. So if anybody told me anything, Dad worked on the road grader, and the Dodds let me drive that truck. I didn't care. I was I was the boss. So if anybody had anything to say, I'd just mouth them right back and drive off because I knew it was going to be good. They let me get pizza out of the pit shack, and I got to drive that truck. I owned it. I owned the whole place. So if anybody had anything to say, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. I was, I was done with it. And kids are funny when they're mouthy, unless they're yours. <laughs> you know, if your kids yeah. are mouthy, it's no good at all. I get all. a kick out of it. Like, I can't wait till my, my sister's little boy is old enough. I'm going to get around him, make him cuss a little bit. I know it's going to drive my sister up the wall, but I get a kick out of that when I see him turn loose. Because I know my sister's going to have a fit. So if I can get her just to say say it around her, I'm in good shape. But my mom probably wouldn't think it'd be so hot. So gotta be careful. 
We got uh, some questions. I put a post out on Facebook about some questions being asked. If anybody's got anything to ask Jackie and Austin's, <clears throat> Austin's been screening it here as we've been talking, as I've been cutting in yeah. on it a little bit. So. Ask away. I won't lie. Got anything Maybe. good, Austin? You were just talking about your sister, and I think she has probably one of the best ones. Uh, My she sister wanted, commented on it? Yeah. I'll be damned. <laughs> she wants to know, Jackie, what your favorite win is and why it's your favorite win, if you have one. Oh, boy, I don't know about that. Uh, um, well, the turkey race was a good one. You know, I was looking. I got some pictures up on top of my toolbox, I, and I got six of them up there. And I was looking at them the other day, and there was one of them I really liked, and that's because my wife and my two kids is in it. The win's probably only for four or $500, but, you know, them's the pictures that – I'll cherish the most. And to be honest with you, one of the one of the things that was awesome was this year I didn't even win, but running second at the Humboldt. The up Humboldt there. race, yeah. Yeah, I mean that paid four thousand dollars and my dad got that money. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the if there's a certain win that's the best, but you know, in Victory Lane when your wife and kids are there, that's pretty cool. You won the inaugural turkey race, right? Yeah, I think you did back that one way back. Yeah, got the ugly Happy Gilmore check yeah. up there. I was gonna say I thought you won in '07. Yeah, and yeah. that's a that's a weird deal. My brother come down, Jimmy. He races in Tennessee. He come down to race Oktoberfest and got in a bad wreck mm -hmm. and left his car here for me to fix. And uh, we got it fixed at Hoffman's. And uh, then I think that well that was that was the. No, wait a minute. It couldn't have been. Yeah, Oktoberfest. He come down mm -hmm. for Oktoberfest, wrecked it real bad. Uh, Jerry fixed whatever it was, and uh, then that's when Jerry come up with this turkey race. And I called my brother, and I said, hey, they're having this race at Springfield, and it's going to pay $1,200. Can I drive your car? You know, I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting him to say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want number two, right? It was number two when yeah, you won Yeah, it was that number night. two because yeah. that's my brother's number. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I said, can I put – that's when I had the uh, um, bob wire – on my 21 yep. i said can i put some bob wire on it <laughs> he's like i don't care yeah. so we put bob wire on it and uh went out there and won it and since we won 1200 dollars, i i tore his car down to the frame repainted the frame put all new sheet metal on it and everything for him that's awesome you know and then he, when he come to pick it up it was like brand new sitting yeah. there in hindsight now the turkey race didn't mean so much back then because it was brand new but now the turkey race is getting it's it's something to win because of the trophy. Jerry made it something. You've got two of the actual trophies now, don't you? Well, no. When I won the inaugural, that's... That was just... I thought you won the Amon again at some other point. No, no. Okay. I've only got one turkey, and that was yeah. from last year. I really honestly think... I asked JC about this. I really think that weekly a weekly racer at the Turkey Bowl, me, you, JC, uh, when he raced there weekly, I think there's something... There's like a curse, so of a weekly racer and that race because jc it took him like 10 years to win it and he won it and then i won it and 12 or 13 and i haven't done worth a dang since and then you were 10 years in between winning your first one and your second one it may just be a coincidence but jc raced weekly he quit racing weekly and he won it i won it in 12 but i hadn't been racing weekly up until that point that was my first year running bmod weekly and then you've had i don't say you had troubles with it but you just you just not 
it's just one race where everybody else seems to have that speed that you had the rest of the year. Well, and you bring in all the good guys to one racetrack, too. There's just a lot of more know? variables involved in that particular night, I guess. I mean, but, me and you race Springfield every week, but mm-hmm. J.C. and Jackson run Wheatland every week, and mm-hmm. then you got, you know, the Nevada guys that run there every week, and, yeah. you know, everybody from every track comes to that race. That's why it's it's so hard to win yeah i think uh, on the, the bigger races if you see late model guys come in you see a race like usmts um two years ago is a good example the racetrack got raced different than it ever has the rest of the year so the turkey race kind of races different in the qualifying races i feel like that usmts race tyler wolf won it in the infield i mean he was basically in the infield i mean that doesn't happen all the time at Springfield. So I feel like bigger races sometimes. Two years ago, the USMTS race, I believe I started 12th in that one and finished oh, that brings yep. up that, fourth or fifth. Yeah, that brings up, that brings up something crate. I wanted to say about that. My da- you were mad at my dad because I put a Facebook post out on who is going to be the top finishing local. Yeah, and your dad, my dad picked, picked Jody. Jody and I told dad last night, I said, I'm going to go to Jackie's tomorrow and do a podcast. He said, you tell him I would have picked Jody to do it first. <laughs> I like Buck. He said, I'll take it up with him Saturday. That's what he said. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. He said, Jackie? I said, yeah. He said, tell him I'll do Jody first. (laughs) Got a kick out of that. (laughs) My girlfriend girlfriend actually commented on the status, um, which is odd because she complains about me going racing sometimes. She She said, what's your least favorite thing about racing? Uh, The least favorite thing... There's not, there's not a whole lot of bad stuff about it, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> Keith Pratt said money. Yeah. You replied back to it. <laughs> uh, the money really hasn't been that bad in the last ten years because I do decent and I got good sponsors, so mm-hmm. money's not always the problem. Um, what would be my least favorite thing about racing? <laughs> um, <laughs> Heck, I kind of like working on them. Um, I could, I mean, I, I can throw out some. My least favorite thing up up until today is nine inch gears. Hate changing nine inch gears. I ain't had to change nine inch gears so, for a long time. If they go back to a nine inch gear, twenty one will quit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of hard. I mean, that kinda, is tough. I, I think the, my least favorite part as of today is t- politi- I, politics. Well, I'll tell you what the deal is. It takes a lot of time away from your family. Right. Yeah. If if you're going to do it two nights a week, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of, a lot of things that I should have been at that I didn't go because this took priority. Yep. That's so. that's that that'll happen in a family too. Trust me. Yeah. That's what my wife said when we decided to buy a late model. She's like, Jackie, that's going to take all your time, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have time for us. It was kind of what she said. I can't. I don't know the exact words, but it was kind of what she said. Yeah. Whenever I was messing with the aim on the beam on, that was Ashley's biggest complaint: is that I'm never around. Yeah. Uh, the grass is getting taller. Stuff to be done. And I don't. I don't want to be that dad either. Yeah. I mean, I'm my little one. Nobody can handle him. So I'm <laughs> his baseball coach, and then my ten year old. I'm his football coach. Yeah. So you know, I don't. I love spending time with my kids and my wife. I mean, they don't go to the races as much anymore because my wife works every Saturday, and mm-hmm. it kind of stinks for her to get off work. And she did it for a long time, drive to Springfield, and then, you know, a lot of times she'd have to drive home by herself. Right. We're an hour away from Springfield. It just – she got burnt out, you yeah. know. 
That's understandable. Uh, Ashley was all about it when we first got together, and then it just kind of you know, took her toll on her, me being gone all the time. And then when I come home from a bad night, I'm blatantly distracted. I mean, there know, really is can't. a big difference between doing it and then being around it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I come home some nights, like I said, distracted, and she wants to talk to me about something at the house or whatever, and I'm just. I'm lost. Yeah, she's turned the kids against me, too, because, <laughs> you know, they've went to the races forever, and then uh, they stayed home with her one night, and, of course, she took them to anything they wanted to do, she took them. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they don't want to go no more because Mom's going to take them yeah. to do something fun. I remember there's a couple times uh, you, t- you took them to wrestling matches and showed up to the races late. Yeah, stuff, I try so and do as much as I can. Make it work, you know? for sure. Right now with baseball, you know, Jet's on two different teams and Jace is in baseball, plus he's doing wrestling. Like this Saturday is going to be tough because Jet has a baseball turn. And remember, my wife works every Saturday, mm-hmm. so I'm doing whatever come Saturday. I got to get it done. Jet has a baseball tournament on the other side of Springfield. Mm-hmm. And we're racing the late model and the B model. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going to have a big day. So I don't even know how we're going to get that done yet, <laughs> but we're going to try and wing yeah. it somehow. Yeah. If you need a backup driver for the late model, I know a guy. Hey, we may need it. You may not want to drive it yet. She's <laughs> way too tight last week. Uh, that was another question that got brought up about uh, the late model. What's the, what's the transition like from getting out of the B model to the late model? Or do you know, can you talk a whole lot on that yet since you haven't spent much time driving it? Uh, I, yeah, I only raced it once so far. So the the weirdest thing is just when you sit down in it, it is so it's a lot wider, and then you got them big old fenders sticking mm-hmm. up over. You know, modified don't have none of that stuff. Yeah. So driving it wise, it's not really that much different that I've noticed yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we the race we raced, we just we just bought this car, and I had to borrow some tires because i didn't have the d40 tires that they ran they had this car had some spec tire on it and i didn't know if it was legal or not so uh peyton looney i got with him he gave me two tires so i could run i put them spec tires on the front and that's one thing i'll say about what what group was that that come to springfield uh that first race was i uh, it was mlra mars rules that first race at springfield was it wasn't a sanctioned race yeah but it's a certain kind of comp camps comp camps camps. yeah i guess it was a comp camp race you know i i i knew a lot of the late model drivers because they ran modified but i didn't know the the owners of it those guys was super super nice to me yeah jack sullivan bought that yeah Yeah. i think jack looked at my front tires Mm -hmm. i said i don't have any other tires he said you're fine that's cool i probably shouldn't say that but But (laughs) i mean You know, those guys were super nice. They, they, you know, I had the Bebont there. They'd come over and say, hey, we're going to wait on you. Don't Mm -hmm. be in any big hurry. You know, and that takes a, you know, that's just another thing you're thinking about. How am I going to, because the late models raced right after the B mods. Yep. So, you know, you're trying to hurry up and get all that done. Just them, I mean, them guys are just super nice, super nice. I hope that deal works out for them. I told them they need to come back to, Springfield more often because it pays four hundred to start. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. pretty good money. That's more than what it pays to win B mod. Um, let's see, Ramona Edgman. Holy wants, crap! Wants, That's wants to know. I'm glad she's listening. That's awesome. She wants to know what's your favorite sponsor. Well, she knows who my favorite sponsor <laughs> is. Ramona is a. Uh, she's she's crazy. Me and her have a lot of fun. We give each other a lot of crap. That's Doug Pro Lube's wife. Yeah. Super, super nice people. Super nice, super nice. They've helped me a ton. 
And when I bought this late model, I called and I said, hey, we bought a late model. I'd like to make it look like the B mod. Would you guys be interested in helping me out on it? And they jumped right on it. I That's mean, cool. no ifs, ands, or yeah. buts. They're super nice, super nice. Austin, got some? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Jesse Carter wants to know if you can better your time from running one pit, one side of the pits to the other. <laughs> I wish I could, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story about that, too. When I took off running and rounded the corner, I mean, I felt like I was running pretty fast. <laughs> and my trailer is parked about halfway through the pits. When I took off running, I didn't think that guy would be parked on the other side of the pits. <laughs> so when I got to my trailer, Tom Ogle grabbed me and stopped me. I'm glad he did because yeah. I I wouldn't have made it to the other He's side of the pits. He's a time you got there. Yeah, he would he would probably whoop my butt right there. <laughs> um, I don't know if you'll want to comment on this or not, or if you even have any. Tracy McFarlane asked, uh, "Have you got any rivals that you want to talk about? Any? Is you got any rivals in particular that you could think of other than the guy from Joplin that you mentioned earlier?" <laughs> uh, you know I. I don't really have any rivals. I try and get along with any everybody, mm. and I try not to run over anybody. But and, and Ryan, you probably go through this too. If you win a lot, there's going to be people that don't like you. Yeah. I mean, just plain and simple. Um, and and you know, heck, everybody's probably guilty of that. Yeah. You know, people didn't like Ken Eshry because he won a lot, or yeah. Terry Phillips, or Larry Phillips, just because they won a lot. But rivals, I mean. Other than the 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that, was that who you're talking about from Droplin? That was a bad rival. Yeah. That's a bad rival. Yeah. He has a couple. But well. Anyways. <laughs> He's got a couple. That's not, that's not unfair to say. But, and, and I'm, and like I said, I'm glad that JC come and talk to me because I don't want a rival. Yeah. yeah. I especially don't want a rival that you got to race against every week. That's mm-hmm. not going to be good. Yeah. I hope me and you don't ever have any issues. I don't want, I didn't understand. Like at first I didn't like, yeah, that one, screw that guy. He smoked me, but I just kind of get it now. Kind of have a revelation. We're all in this together. And so I'm going to get mad at people, but kind of, we're all a part of this. And that's honestly the, the dynamic of this podcast is somebody may not like you and they're going to listen to this and it might change their mind on it. Cause there's no reason for them. Not or to they like might you. like you and listen <laughs> to this it. and change their mind. I think, I think, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably in good shape, but yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree with you. But, well, I think we've come to a pretty good stopping point. I want to thank you for, for sitting down with us and giving a little bit of time here and hopefully you get it figured out Saturday. If not, I mean, we can get them belts bigger. <laughs> I'm going to probably need some help Saturday if yeah. the amount of cars is going to show up that they're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty good show. Uh, I, the uh, Cash Money Late Mall Series at Springfield this Saturday. I think hot laps are 6.30 or 7. Yeah, I think 6.30. So it's going to be a good show. They're talking like 40, 50 late models showing yeah. up for that. And when I looked at the weather when I got here, they backed the chances off. I do know it's only Wednesday, but they have backed the chances off. A little bit. So I don't look at that weather till Friday. I know. My dad's always saying, like, it's going to rain Saturday. It's like Monday. I'm like, it's, it's okay. There have been several times I said it's going to be a monsoon and nothing happens. So we've been to Branson several times riding go-karts on a rain out. So, and it was, I mean, it was beautiful. So so uh, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Hey, you want to hear one more story about Jeremy before we get off well, yeah, the Yeah, we got, <laughs> got one more. Perfect. We go to the Chili Bowl every year. And Jeremy, I don't know why, but. After, when it's time for us to check out on the last day, he thinks he always has to go in and turn in the stupid cards to get in the door. Yeah. 
stupid. I tell him that. I'm like, why do you think? Just leave him in the room. He thinks he has to go turn them in. So he goes to turn them in. And when he goes to come out, it's double glass doors. But he chose the one that was locked. Yeah. And I mean, he plowed that baby hard. <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed at him. The next year at the Chili Bowl, we took a hat and at the brim of the hat, we screwed a doorstop right in the front of the bill of the hat and told him he had to wear it to the first night of the chili bowl. He got to the end of this tonight, was getting ready to click off of it. He's like, oh. And everybody asked him, okay, I got to ask, what's up with the doorstop and the hat? So he had to tell the story. I don't know how many times. That's awesome. Poor, he should have never texted you to say. Yeah, he should have left, yeah. left it alone. Should have left it alone. He had it coming. He'll yeah. love it though. Well, Jackie, thank you very much. We'll see you Saturday. All right, thank you, buddy. Thank you.